0: Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations. You know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. Good morning. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. So um, it is the month of March. And if you haven't listened to our Women's Day episode, make sure you go back and listen to it. Um, I've been talking for a long time about having a guest come on. Sleep coach, parent coach, the millennial nanny, Kiri was on um, Monday's episode that was like a special women's day episode. So if you haven't listened to it, make sure you do that. But like I said, it's the month of March. And for you guys that don't know, I'm a proud Pisces. Um, and I am also, if you hear that crinkly sound, that's Elliot, I'm sorry, but, um, it's also my birthday month. And so I want to talk a little bit about myself because my birthday is next week. And, um, I want to do a deep dive, raw, real, unfiltered thing because I was basically talking to Ethan and, um, I had kind of like a breakdown where I was like, I really get frustrated with being me. And this was on, um, on Saturday and he was like, what? And I was like, being is really annoying and he's just cracking up. Meanwhile, I'm legit serious. Like, no, 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 no. If I could take a break from myself, I will. So I'm going to, um... Dive into a little bit about like some of my fears and anxieties with parenting, some of the things that I um, struggle with, and then like also because this is a parenting podcast, so we have to talk about parenting, but also, I just want to talk about um, navigating i don't know adulthood um, as you you know thirties are supposed to be like the best years of your life, and I'm not there yet, so maybe that's why it's not the best time all the time, but um i'm st- i'm like learning and navigating things that are kind of hard and kind of frustrating and i think that a lot of adults or just moms in general i think you guys will relate um in any kind of adult will kind of relate to that struggle of like and finding like your voice and your independence and um breaking away from people's expectations of you to do what you want to do and all these other things um But I do wanna do a deep dive of me because it's going to be my birthday in exactly one week. So let's get into it. I'm sure this will be kind of funny and um, hopefully you guys can relate. So like I said earlier, if you hear like a crinkly sound, Elliot is up with me as I'm recording and he's chewing on a toy and he's happy. So I don't wanna take it away from him. So I'm sorry if you kind of hear that in the background. Um, But just an update on like baby, mom and life. So, Elliot, I told you maybe a couple episodes you're we going through sleep regression, and we're, I think we're at the end of it. I'm not gonna lie, for the past two nights, he slept really good, but I don't wanna jinx it. Um, he is still really, really attached to me, which is not a bad thing, but it is kind of, I'm in a place where I'm confused on what to do with him because, um, like we talked in the episode, I don't like to. We don't like sleep training in my house. actually, my kids are not sleep trained at all. Um, and that may be part of the problem. But, um, so Mia co-slept with me until she, until I was pregnant with Elliot. So she was like two. So she was, I gave birth to him when she would turn two. So like, basically for two years. And um, Ethan has been working on getting her to sleep by herself, but she doesn't do a good job with that. And then Elliot, who is, um, four and a half months, um, is also a co-sleeping baby. And when you're breastfeeding, it is so much easier to co-sleep, but also it's time that I don't, um, I don't get mad at because I know like he's not going to sleep with me forever. One day he's going to be a big guy. And I will say that that's an annoying, but kind of good thing about me is that, I know that the baby stages don't last forever. Um, so I do things that sometimes make it harder on myself because I know it won't last forever. And, um, I have friends who are better at this than I am like, no, I'm going to, you know, go through trying to get my baby to fall asleep by themselves and stay asleep when they wake up and sleep in their crib and all of that. And, um, I'm an empath, and also um because you know Pisces were typically empaths anyway, but um I just feel i don't know I'm just like a softie um now, when it comes to discipline with Mia and things, I'll do a whole episode about discipline um, I can be pretty good at it, even though it breaks my heart. actually, I'm not the best at it. I don't know it's all confusing, but um, I can admit that, for instance i could have put Elliot in his crib from day one from the hospital and honestly this is I'm going to tell you guys what happened in the hospital so when I gave birth to Mia um I was a first-time mom and they were like you have to leave the baby in the bassinet if you're gonna sleep I was all over Ethan about like not falling asleep holding her and all of these things and then um we get home from the hospital and I was really diligent like for the first week or two of her life of, um, you know, uh, like holding her, she would fall asleep. Um, I would feed her or rock her. She would fall asleep. And I would lay her in her bassinet. Her bassinet was like right next to the bed. And I would just like get up all night long, trying to get her to lay in the bassinet. I, um, put uh, a shirt that I was wearing in the bassinet. So it smelled like me, like I was determined to get her to sleep by herself. All right. Flash forward like a week or two home and I'm like laying in the bed we're doing some skin to skin. My mom comes over and we're talking and she's like, and I'm like, oh, I, just, I just want to fall asleep. And she's like, we'll fall asleep. And, um, that's when she kind of said, well, you know, you know, you all kind of co-slept with me. And I remember Brendan had his crib and I don't remember Joshua and Sierra. My These are all my siblings. Um, but for, for at least for me, I slept with my mom and I know this because she, Um, talked about how hard it was getting me to sleep in my own room when I was three. And I can relate because, you know, Mia is going to be three in July and it's really hard to get her to sleep in her room. Anyway, so then that's when I felt like, oh, well, if, you know, if I slept with my mom, I I am like a pretty good person. I turned out okay. So I think it's okay if Mia sleeps with me. So then I did some research about co-sleeping. And in general, my parenting style is like, I don't want to be super westernized. So if, you know, whenever I'm making a decision about doing something, um, co-sleeping, not co-sleeping, um, extended breastfeeding, which I didn't do with Mia, but might not be a choice with Elliot. Um, he's a booby baby. Uh, I kind of look at all sides of it. Um, so like, what are the people in Europe doing? What are people doing, and um in asia and in, in even in africa like what are people doing around the world And the majority of the world is co- are co-sleepers that's just the way their houses are set up that's just the way their culture is and i'm like okay well if the majority of the world is co-sleeping it can't be that bad and um anyway so one of the annoying things about my personality is that like when Elliot is laying in his, if he lays by himself and he's crying, I can watch him on the monitor. If he is asleep, like if he falls asleep in the bed, obviously I do have the monitor. I can leave him there. Um, he's in the middle of the bed. There's no blankets or pillows. He's just asleep. He's fine. He has a sleep suit, like he's okay. But, um, and not one of the sleep, sleep suits he can't roll over in because he can roll over It's just like one of those lighter ones. But anyway, so I'm saying all this to say that like I'm a safe co-sleeper and um, I have my eye on him at all times. But, so I can let him make noise for a little bit or if he wakes up, I won't like run to get him until he's crying or like is actually awake. Cause sometimes he'll wake up, he'll roll around for a minute, he'll babble for a little bit and then he'll slowly start to fall back asleep. So I don't interrupt him there. But I do know that like overall co-sleeping, it's a toss and you know, it's annoying because I'm like, because I'm aware of how short these days are. Like I know like the, the days are long, like so long, like the longest days of your life, but the years and the months are so short. And I was looking at Mia yesterday and she you know, every day is talking better every day. She is, you know, getting smarter and she's in the phase now where she's asking me, what does that mean? And it's getting hard to get, to explain some things or, uh, you know, um, you know, what does that mean? Is that, she doesn't ask why, but she asks like, what does that mean? And I was talk, I was like, you know, missing her yesterday. Cause I'm working from home. So I'm not like actively engaged with her all day. And, um, I was like, babe, I miss her. I miss cuddling in the bed and going to sleep with her because she was the type that, like, once she was like one or two, would like come cuddle in my arms and go to sleep. And Elliot does want to do that. He wants to eat, and then he wants you to lay him down. He does not want to be cuddling. That's not true. He will cuddle, but only if he is very full. He doesn't. He's not interested in cuddling you unless you have fed him. So um, that's why it makes it hard for. Like, if my mom or Ethan wants to watch him, he's not going to cuddle with them. Because they don't have any food to offer him. So, it's complicated. But, yes. So, anyway. All of that to say, I'm a softie and it's annoying. Okay, so I just remembered I was going to say something about the hospital with Elliot. So, um, just to backtrack. When I was talking about being in the hospital with Mia. So, when I was in the hospital with Elliot, um, what's really funny is that I'm a co-sleeper at this point. I slept with Mia, so I know I can sleep with him. So in the hospital, they're like, they stress, like, do not fall asleep with the baby. Um, and at this point, he's eating like every two hours around the clock. I haven't slept since, you know, before I went into labor. Like, I was exhausted. So Ethan was sitting right there, and he would like hold him sometimes, but he wanted to sleep too. And so I would, um like, I would sleep with him in the hospital you're not supposed to you can mom shame me for this whatever he's fine breathing healthy and thriving but I would sleep with him in the hospital and when a nurse would come in I would act like I was feeding him I'm a super light sleeper so I could hear them like approaching the door and then like the turn of the handle and I'd be like come on baby he's just trying to eat again um and what made me so annoyed, so annoyed, is this one nurse. This one nurse came in and just like took him, swaddled, swaddled him, and like tried to lay him in bed, not the bed, like the little bassinet thing. And I was like, he doesn't want to do that. And she's like, No, no, no. You just need to go to sleep, which is true. I really needed some sleep, y'all. You know, when you're going on, when you're on hour thirty-two of no sleep, it's it's rough out there, and. Um, she's like, you know, you're always holding him. Every time I come in the room, you're holding him. And I'm like, well, it's called bonding. It's called, um, he's my baby. It's called, I just had labor and I want to hold my baby. Um, it's called my pregnancy was rough and I want to hold my baby. Um, did I mention that he's my baby? And so anyway, I was glad when that nurse left because she would just keep taking him and putting him in the bassinet and I would keep taking him out. And like, like, no, if I wanted to swaddle him and lay him down, I'll do that, and I did that when I had to like shower, like when I wanted to like walk around a little bit in my room, like give a little break. So please do not take my baby out of my arms. Um, so that, that was just one thing that happened that really, really, really made me mad. Um, really. So um, just oh, and then when you're in the hospital, like I just wanted to go home why couldn't I go home? I just wanted to leave. And when you're in the hospital, I think everyone can relate. You're just like, all right, great. This was fun. Thanks for taking care of me for a day. I think I got it. Can I go home now? And I remember like maybe with Mia on checkout day, I was anxious to leave. But like while we are in the hospital, like I was enjoying the whole experience with Elliot. You know, once they checked all his blood sugar levels for the first, like however many times they had to do it, I was like, Hmm. Well, can I leave now? I know what I'm doing. And when even when the lactation consultant would come in, I'd be like, with Mia, they were really impressed because she was also pretty good, latched on. Um, but Elliot was a champ, like between the two of them, Elliot's a champ. And I was like, This is my second baby, I got it. Sometimes you just have to tell them, I'm good, like, I don't have any questions, I'm just a little sore, that's normal. Um, can I have some lanolin and can you leave? Like, that's pretty much all I need. All I need you to do is give me something because you get really raw breastfeeding. And then I need you to just get out my room and leave me alone. Like, if you're not telling me I can leave, I don't want to see your face. Bring me pain medicines, bring me food, and then tell me I can leave. That's all I want. Um, so yeah, that's just that. So another annoying thing that I just was really frustrated with was two things, actually. One is that I really care about what people think. And, um, I wish I didn't, you know, how it's like, be who you are, like own yourself, boss, babe, like all this cool stuff. Okay. But I do care about what people think. And I think there's like two reasons of it. And there's two levels of it. I care about what the people, um, who the the people that I love and are close to think about me, because obviously, um, you know, I want their respect. Um, I love them. They love me, you know? So that means I care about what my parents think, my grandparents think, my husband, like what everyone thinks about me. Um, to the, to the sense that it could stop me from doing things that I want going places I want, um, because I don't want them to say or think or whatever. Cause I have a really close family. So that's like a downside to a close family is like, you might care a little bit about like what they, say or think about you. But then I also care about like what strangers think. Like if I'm out shopping, for instance, with Mia, I don't want them to think I'm a bad mom if she is running around the store or if I buy her a toy. And I felt like people, I felt a little judged Marshalls because I was like, okay, Mia, we're going to get one toy. And another mom had said that. Now, I didn't give my child a price range on the toy. I didn't... She's two. She doesn't know. She just knows what she wants. Um, I. She said she wanted a doll before we left. So I found El- an Elsa doll. She got that. But I felt like people thought I was spoiling her. But... They're only young ones. Anyway, so I. it was kind of hard because I was like, well, I don't want people to think I'm spoiling her because I went to Marshalls and bought her a toy. But also she was being good, you know, all morning, she was doing a good job, she hasn't been as, like, with her tantrums and things, they're getting better, they still happen, um, when she's tired, of course, that's when I can, like, kind of be like, all right, you need to go for a nap, but she's getting better behavior-wise, she's getting better about cleaning up after herself, and, um, you know, the potty training is always an uphill battle, but, you know, work in progress, so, I didn't want people to think I was spoiling her, but then I also didn't want people to think like I was a weird parent or like a weirdo or that I was her nanny. And that is one of the things that like, honestly is something that I worry about more often than I like to admit is that I worry that people think I'm her nanny and not her mom. But Mia is so vocal that you, that, you know, I'm her mom. Cause she always is like, mommy, 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 this, mommy, that mommy, that, um, So it's not like, even if I was like, oh my gosh, I'm out. And these people probably think I'm a bad nanny, but one, I'm not a nanny. I'm a mother. And two, Mia's going to tell you I'm her mom. And so when I worry about the whole like race thing and, um, you know, how she's white presenting, um, or she can be white, white passing, um, she that's not gonna matter because mom Mia's gonna be very uh, vocal about who she is and honestly that whole thing just like spirals into where do we live where do I send her to school where it's a place where she's gonna get the realities of life but also like still be like sheltered and safe and it's all like a hard decision that we all make when it comes to schooling and our kids like what what can we do but it's also like I don't know. It's all very confusing. That's what I'll say. It's all very confusing. So anyway, yeah, I just didn't want to be judged. I wanted people to think like I have myself put together because I always feel when I'm out in public that I'm a hot mess. I always feel like I'm looking for my keys or, um, you know, holding a kid and I'm stumbling around and I have all these things in my arms for some reason. And I feel like I just look like a walking train wreck, but it's like, I I like have pay super close attention to where my kid is and I need to make sure we have everything so that like when it's time to exit, we can exit safely. And it's just a hot mess. Um, but I wish that I could be like, whatever, this is who I am. And that's what I'm trying to work on is just, um, I told Ethan, I know this is a Christian podcast, but I told Ethan, I'm in, I'm in an F it mood. And he was like, what does it mean? And I was like, that means that I am at a place where I'm ready to say, F it. I don't care about what anybody thinks. I'm going to do me, do whatever screw it all pretty much and he's like okay but like what are you screwing what are you even talking about and I was just stomping around going like screw it all and he's like dude what are you mad at and I, I don't know why I was mad actually I do but um do you ever guy do you guys ever get like that where you just get to a mood where you're like I have done a million and 55 things I have folded the laundry. I have cleaned the kitchen. I have picked up toys all day. I have reheated my coffee six times. I have done my actual job. I have, um, I don't know. I have been potty training and it's like, she has had accidents. I have breastfed this baby. I have cooked dinner and to have somebody come at me about parenting or about who I am. Eff it. Um, no one's ever done that though he's like no one no one's ever even come at you um but then I just get into these weird moods but that's an annoying thing about my personality which I think it's kind of funny okay so going hand in hand with caring about what people think is that I care I'm a very giving very open person and I've trained myself to be this way from a young (laughs) age (laughs) and when I say young I mean like um like dating age. My baby boy. Um. So when I started dating or when I, st- yeah, like when I was like entering like high school and college, I said, you know what? I'm going to like who I like, love who I love. And if they hurt me, they hurt me. I don't want to have guards up or um, limit myself to experiencing, you know, what could be an amazing, loving, caring relationship. If I can, Um I'm going to do what I can um so that I can experience everything and not really be concerned with if I get hurt so that did allow me to like have my first love that did allow me to um you know meet my husband and really experience all of that which is amazing but it also did another thing and it um it allows And it continues to allow me to get hurt when it comes to relationships and even friendships. So, um, there have been multiple times in my life I can think of four distinct times where I have, um, met, you know, met a friend or a group of friends, gotten close with them to the point where it's like, you know, I love you guys. I care about you guys as a person, like you are an important part of my life and, um, for whatever reason, um, sometimes it's me having a baby, um, sometimes it's just like life circumstances. We fall out of uh out of favor with each other or something and we no longer have this close friendship and then I end up hurt because I whenever I enter a relationship, I am like you could never annoy me you could never text me too much, you could um never ask to hang out too much, you could never um Unless I don't like you, because then, you know, our friendship's not going to grow. But, like, if I generally like you, you could never do anything too much. And I'm going to be excited to talk to you, be excited to hang out. And so, this happened to me um, the first really distinct time. Um, I was in college, and I, it was freshman year, and I met, well, actually, it was sophomore year when the drama happened, but freshman year, I ended up having a really Um, Big, but I thought close group of friends. It was a group of guys, and then it was us girls. And there was about, like, 10 of us, maybe 12, because there was, um, no, there was uh, Brandy Green, Paulini, me. Okay, so it was about 10 of us girls, and then, um, like, no, not 10, four of us girls and, like, six guys, and... We did everything together. Um, we did our weekend events together. As in, like, what are we doing for the weekend? Um, after class, we would hang out. I would text everybody when we would be having dinner. Um, we, like, did a lot together. And there were things, like, the girls did without the guys and the guys did without the girls because that's natural. But we got really close and, um, I got close to a particular one of the guys, but like as a best friend kind of role. And I thought our relationship was so cool. We both had significant others at the time. So like I could talk to him about boyfriend problems and he could talk to me about girlfriend problems and we would get the male and female perspective. Obviously, I don't think our, um, no partners at the time like that, but I mean, I really enjoyed it. Come freshman, sophomore year, some drama started happening. Um, In college, you really start to step into your own and find yourself. And for some reason, the guys no longer wanted to hang out with us girls. And I will tell you guys this: I cannot pinpoint the exact reason why. I can pinpoint, um, like one fight that maybe happened that didn't really involve me that much. Um, and to be honest, the guys for a little while were like, "Brit, Brit, we're not mad at you. Like you're still cool. It's fine." Um so I would sneak to hang out with them, but, you know, it hurt because I felt like, guys, we were close, I came to you guys about everything, and I mean everything, and if we had a fight, like, I fought with one of the guys, well, I fought with multiple times with the guys, but, like, we would go and have a conversation about it, so I thought, like, we were close anyway, Long story short, the guys and the girls, we broke up. And I, I was devastated for, like, the rest of college, like, for too long, where I felt, honestly, like, mini anxiety attack. Every time I walked past the group of guys because they stayed close, I was like, oh, my gosh, okay, do I, do I say hi? Do I not say hi? Do I keep, do I keep walking? And um, Because inside, if they said, hey, let's grab lunch, I would have grabbed lunch. You know what I mean? Like, I still cared enough to the point where – Anyway, so one of the good things is that like when I love, I love openly and I love without restraint and after being like burned and hurt time and time again, I continue to do that. I don't put a guard up, but that just um leaves me open and vulnerable to get hurt and now I don't know how to handle adult friendships where it's like, you know, I really like this person, we're clicking, we're hanging out, Um, but I don't want to, I don't know, it's just complicated. Now, something that I've been trying to navigate as an almost 30-year-old, and I don't think that, okay, I'll get into it, um, is when do you listen to your parents? And I mean, like, you know, we all... You know grow up, and we're supposed to obey and listen to our parents right as children, and then, like continue into adulthood when you're making decisions whenever I'm making a decision, I consult my mom, she's a prayer warrior, I think that she um you know kind of has a direct communication to God, and you know she'll feel if something's good or bad, um right or wrong or whatever. And so a lot of times I will ask her and then I'll, for her opinion, and I'll go about trying to make a decision myself. So what annoys Ethan, my husband, is that like, if we, him and I <clears throat> are trying to make a decision, he'll say like, yes, do this or no, do that. I'll ask my mom and her opinion will sway heavier, will sway me more than his will. Um, because on a level, I feel like, well, my mom's known me for <clears throat> 28 years and you've known me for 8 years. So she's got 20 years on you, babe. Um So actually he's known me for longer than 8 years because he's known me for 10 years. Actually, he's yeah, he's known me for 10 years. But um that's crazy. Wow, that's crazy to think that he's known me that long. But anyway, um so he gets frustrated cuz he's like, well, you know, you always listen to your mom or you always do this or, you know, you, you feel this way or that way about your mom's opinion or this or that. And so I'm trying to navigate, you know, when it comes to my kids, my mom has never really given me that much advice because I haven't asked for it and I don't think I need it Um there's sometimes she has said, have you thought about doing this or have you thought about doing that? And that that's a good way for any people who are listening to the podcast who maybe have like grandkids. I don't know if anyone does. Like that's a good way to be to your kids um, when it comes to their kids. Like, you know, if you're parenting an adult child, um, have you thought about this or that instead of being like, you know, I think that it would be a good idea to this or that because then it allows the, me, like, as a child to go, mm, have I thought about this? Maybe I haven't. And then maybe I'll further think about it. Um, and, or I'll be like, yeah, um, no, because that's not what I want to do. Or yes, because of the, whatever. Um, like, my mom was like, have you thought about getting a swing set yesterday? She asked me. And honestly, yes. I have heavily thought about getting, like, a huge, big, like, play set in the backyard. But the cicadas are coming. So... You know, that's kind of put on hold. So I'm not getting anything till the cicadas leave. Because um, I don't want to have to deal with like cleaning them up off of the plaything after. Um, I'm very concerned about these bugs that are going to infest our state of Maryland, if you live in Maryland. Um, but anyway, so when it comes to like big life changing major decisions, it just feels like you know, when do you as an adult, like go, I understand that this affects everyone. However, this is ultimately, you know, me and Ethan's decision. And I made that decision when I moved in with him um uh, we moved in with each other when we were actually engaged. Um and my mom kind of disadvised against it and I respectfully said, like I hear your concerns, but I'm gonna move forward and I think maybe you're just younger and bolder. But I mean, not that I'm not saying that like my mom runs my life or anything. But I'm just saying that you know, we all get to points in adults in adulthood where we're making decisions and we kinda have to make them for ourselves and I think that you know, at, at almost 30, um, making, um, big life-changing decisions is scarier because I have kids and I, we have a home and we have, like, you know, responsibilities where, you know, of 19, if I wanted to quit my job, or right, quit it. Like, what was I going to do? And in fact, I did many times. I did. And, um, sometimes I long for the days. I used to work at the gym in college and I would just, like, hand out basketballs, um, or, like, gym equipment to people who wanted to come and play. And, like, sign people in for our workout classes. And I'm going to tell you, I loved that job. I loved that job. We had to wear these ugly t-shirts. Like, god-awful t-shirts. Sorry, there was no way they could be cute. I love you guys if you still work there. But I hate those t-shirts. Like, if it would have been, like, a bright pink with, like, blue letters. But, like, no. They were gray and the. But I still have the hoodie to this day um uh, and and I still have I think a t-shirt as well but um anyway I love that job and sometimes I will think about life and um really want to just go back to the time when my only responsibilities were to wake up go to class like do my homework assignments or whatever and go work at the gym and at the time it felt like a lot because I was balancing like a heavy social calendar like you know like I would make a lot of social plans but it really wasn't that much like college is hard like you know your frame of reference changes college was hard but it was the best years of my life I mean aside from being a mom now, which is obviously, you know, better than college, but I still love college. Like I can't wait to go to my reunion guys and like live in my, and sleep in my dorm room. Like it's going to be lit. But anyway, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh yeah. Parents. So, (laughs) um, when do you get to the point where you just make your own decisions? And I guess like, I kind of did that in college. Like I chose my major and, um, I studied what I wanted to study and I, you know, married Ethan not that my parents ever like, um, were against that, but you know, if they were, I still would have done it. So when it comes to like these big life altering decisions, it's like, when do you just jump when you're supposed to jump and it can be scary. And that's kind of the place I'm in now taking a whole little sidestep, um, to talk about this is I've had a very rough two weeks. I'm talking about Maybe some of the roughest two weeks of my life where I went through like, you know, 12 hours where I was just losing faith. I say 12 hours because I never let myself be down for long, but I do let myself get down and get it out of my system. And so um, I was woe is me. I was I don't see a way out of my life that I want to change. I don't want to have faith in when anyone says something to me. I don't believe in anything. Um, cause basically Ethan and I were considering some things when it comes to work and staying home with the kids and some other things, um, uh, which has been a long process to your journey and, um, you know, all faith-based and I was just like losing it. And then I kind of got back to my focus, um, you know, said, I'm going to turn off, um, my phone. I didn't really want to talk to my family at that time. Cause like family can persuade you and not that they even know what's going on. I just didn't have it in my mental and not just family, like friends, even like, I just didn't have it in my mental space to deal or talk to anyone. So I kind of like would turn my phone on in the morning, do what I have to do, turn it off, turn it on at lunch, do what I have to do, turn it off. And, um, I might do it again today. Probably won't. I'm at a place where I feel better now. Um, And I've realized we've made our decisions. But basically, I was basically turning off my phone to seek, you know, solitude and to um, pray, to talk to Ethan and to make some, some game plans about what we're doing with life and what that looks like. And long story short, I figured it out. Um, we figured it out. We figured out how, like, what we're going to do, um, and when we're going to do it and how we're going to do it, but it has been hard, and I, it was, the reason why I say, like, it's when, how do you decide when you're going to, okay. Anyway, so I came to the decision that I was going to kind of spend this week trying to make my own decisions about what I want to do, and life and all of it and what I think is going to work best for our family and you know in the long run what makes the most sense and so um it's kind of hard when you are an adult navigating being an adult even at you know almost 30 with two kids making decisions um I was considering and still am considering moving to Delaware um well not right now But potentially in the future, um, just because there's some good things. I've always wanted to move, um, but never did. And lately I've been thinking about life and how if you don't jump, you never fly. Like, if you don't jump, you never fly. And so... I've really been in that headspace lately. Like I need to jump so I can fly. Um, I'm not being dramatic and moving. Ethan says, whenever I get upset, I find a new place to live. And it's true. However, I'm, I'm not talking about moving now. I'm talking about like in three or four years, um, considering, you know, moving to a new state when my kids are like really, you know, in school and stuff. So don't know when you stop. I think you always seek look out, look to your parents for advice, but you all, but like you get to a point where you have to make your own decisions. Okay. If you can hear me struggling, Elliot is in my arms, like knocking my mic out of my hands and it's kind of crazy. So, um, but so that's kind of something I struggle with is, um, making my own decisions, but I guess I'm so indecisive as you can hear, you probably can hear it. Like I'm so indecisive and it's, you know, you get to a point in your adulthood where you're like, okay, I have to do, make this my own decision. I have to do this for me. Because on a level, your parents are always going to be scared for you. I don't mean that. Like, just think, like, you're always going to, you know, if you're going to do something a little reckless, they're going to be scared for you. That's natural. Um, But you, at the end of the day, have to, to do what's, you know, what you're meant to do and Do what you need to do, even if people don't agree with you. And I'll say that in my life journeys, um, my parents have always been supportive. Um, And if they haven't been, they haven't been quiet. They've been quiet about it. So there's no concern about them not being supportive. But it's just figuring out all the things with life because it's hard. And, um, you know, they don't want to see you make the same mistakes they made. Um, but we all have our own mistakes to make, but I'm not trying to make that many mistakes either. So it's just complicated and I'm having a hard time navigating some decisions. Um, I think that I've, for, I've 90% figured out what I'm going to do. Um, there's just like a couple factors and then I'm good to go, but it's, um, it's an interesting age to be at where you're like, I'm definitely a full adult, but like, Mom, what do I do? You know, do you guys do that? Or am I just like a big baby? Anyway. All right. Elliot is talking to me. We'll get back to this in a minute. Oh. So when it comes to COVID and parenting, I'm just like switching gears. It is so hard, um, even still for me, to decide when to go places and when not to. And um next week, I'm supposed to take Mia to this... um to this place to do something fun, um, to see the Sesame Street show, it's not like an actual show, it's in like a planetarium, so there's like a limited number of people who can be in, you have to reserve your tickets, um, obviously I'm gonna be socially distanced, we're both gonna be wearing a mask, but I'm still nervous, just because it's like, you know, a new place, and I feel like whenever we go to a new place, we get sick, um, like, But not necessarily. That's not true. But, like, whenever we go to a play place, Mia gets sick. And this place has play things. So, I guess I could just really be on her. But I also want her immune system to grow, you know, just not get COVID. Like, you can, like, get other germs, but, like, not COVID. And so... When it's summertime, I don't feel as weird about going to the park or the beach or wherever because, like, we all know, like, it's safer outdoors. People are still socially distanced. Like, it's fine. But with indoor things, I'm still a little bit weird about. And so I don't know. It's just parenting was hard before COVID. But then you throw in for you guys who are doing virtual learning and working from home, you're the real MVPs um, because I could not even imagine doing that. Like, that seems very, very hard. Um, so there's that. And then there's, you know, the fact that we can't really go anywhere because it's winter. And then there's, you know, everyday life stuff that's just kind of hard. Um, so I don't know. I feel like then you, you know, like, do I put my kid in sports? I've decided to put Mia in sports, um, in this, this spring to do soccer because I need her to meet some new kids. And, um, I need, I think soccer is a good little fun age to soccer is a good fun sport to be like the first sport you play. Cause it's just like, you're kicking a ball. I wouldn't start her with like t-ball. Plus, she's too little for that. She's only t- she's only two right now, and this soccer literally starts at two. It goes from two to six. Um, she'll be three in July, so by next soccer season, she'll be like a little bit bigger, a little bit older. Um, but to at least have done, gotten the concept of you know, we're going to a place this morning and we're playing a game. Bless you, baby. Um, I think that's important. I didn't do a whole lot of team sports growing up. And that's just something that I wasn't interested in, um, honestly. But um, I do want Mia to be involved with team sports. Later, I became a cheerleader and, and, like, got the whole, like, team spirit type thing going on. But I didn't, like, play a sport on a team. Like, I cheered and did gymnastics. So I want Mia to have the experience of, like, what it's like growing up and you know, knowing like your team is depending on you to show up. Not I'm not trying to instill this at two, but like, um as she gets older, I want her to learn about responsibility through playing team sports. So anyway, we're starting soccer. Um and I'm excited about it. But it's gonna run into cicada season, so I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, I think I'm the only person who decides to cancel all of life because of the cicadas mia gets afraid of a fly okay like a little fly she will be like freaked out so these big old cicadas like she's not gonna want to leave the house so um we're gonna sign up for soccer and kind of figure out what that looks like it might not be i don't know like with this county like how bad the cicadas are going to be and if you're like what the heck is a cicada just google like brood x cicadas and you'll see like They come every 17 years and basically take over life. Okay, so hopefully I'll be able to continue recording. I'm now wearing Elliot and hoping he's not fussing. So it's Thursday. It's going to be 70 degrees where I'm at, like 74 degrees. I can't wait to get off work to... Get outside and just to breathe in that fresh air because I need like some serotonin, some mel- I don't know mel not melatonin. I think that's what makes you go to sleep at night. Um, but like some vitamin D to really enter my soul and make me happy. COVID has been such a hard time for so many people. Um, it's been a hard time for me. I am a social person, um, like it or not. I like people. I like talking to people. I I'm also like a smiley person. Whenever I talk to, um, whenever I'm doing something like I'm or like I'm around people, I'm always smiling and they're like, you're always smiling. And it's like, yeah, but sometimes inside I'm crying. Like, yes, I'm smiling right now because it's like the mask I know how to put up. Um, but, uh, that happened to me last week at small group. I was so tired. I could not function, like could not even function. And, um, but I was smiling. Um, it was a really hard week. I'm going to tell you, it is the hardest thing in the world, making decisions for your kids and for your family. And ultimately what's, um, what's best. It's a hard thing. Um, Elliot is a big guy. He is 17 pounds, 14 ounces, four and a half months, all breastfed. I'm proud of him, but he's a big boy and he gets it. I don't know about you guys, but you just get tired of holding a baby all day. You just get tired. Um, Like, your arms physically just get tired. But um, when it comes to, like, when to start your baby food, um, he had his four-month-old doctor's appointment, like, two weeks ago, I think, or maybe a week ago. I don't know, some time ago. And um, they were like, yeah, you can start food if you want. I'm not going to. I don't start giving my babies food until they're six months, and I jump right into baby lead weaning, um, um, or which is basically your baby eats real food like that you cook like it's not, you know, you're not starting with purees. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm against purees because. I will, um, and I even did it for Mia, like, make my own kind of purees, and I even bought pouches, but I, I do all, um, like, organic baby pouches, and, um, those I really reserved for, um, like, on the go, like, they're great to have in your diaper bag, um, on the go. So like my diaper bag always consists always has a little pack of lactation cookies. Um like the Milkmaids I think or Milky Makers or something like that. Milk um from Target. You can buy like the big box of lactation cookies. I always have like a pack of that in my diaper bag, two water bottles, um, now I have, like, goldfish and applesauce in my bag. And then when Elliot's old enough, it'll be, like, a teething cracker and a baby pouch. And that's just that way. If, like, I'm out, um, you can just kind of grab it. But when we're home, I'll, like, make him food. And I'm really excited for that age. It's such a fun age when they start eating. That's for us in, like, about two months. Um, it's a really fun time. Um, the only thing that sucks is their poop changes which is kind of gross to talk about but like breastfed baby poop is really easy to clean um it's like really great and then it switches to like different kind of poop and it's not as easy to clean but whatever but so when it comes to parenting your kids what you have to realize and what I've learned over time is that like you ultimately know what's best for your baby and that means that your doctor doesn't always know either. So luckily the practice we go to, Elliot's doctor is amazing. He always has kind of supported the way I parent. So like he has five kids. He knows that, um, co-sleeping happens compared to like another doctor in the office who does not have children. And is like co sleeping's the worst, um, which is why she's not any of my kids' doctors. Um, You know like co-sleeping happens like you don't have to start feeding your baby till six months and then you could jump right into food people who like rice cereal is fine if that's something you want to do um i didn't even give me a rice cereal i did give her baby oatmeal because nutrition wise um the rice cereal had no nutritional value so why would i give her you know that um that's not to say that if you decide to do that, it's bad. I mean, think about how many things we eat as adults that have no nutritional value. Oreos have no nutritional value. I definitely had a good old couple Oreos yesterday. Well, donuts don't really have nutritional value. Um, sweet potatoes and avocados, like those have nutritional value. And those are the kind of foods I started Mia with. Her very first food was avocado. Avocado. Elliot's first food is going to be avocado just because I love... It's just so easy to give them, um, and there's so many cool baby food things you can do with the air fryer. I'll probably be doing them on TikTok and YouTube, um, so look for that around May. Uh, Obviously, I'll let you know once I start doing that, um, this turned into a random side tangent about feeding babies, but I do want to say, like, ultimately, you know, and that's why I feel bad for any mamas who are NICU mamas, and I might bring one on to share their story because there's some interesting stories that I've heard um because ultimately you just want to bring your baby you just want to breastfeed your baby and sometimes in the NICU it can be hard to do that and that's really annoying when Elliot was first born they didn't put him right on my chest so if you just a quick summary Elliot's birth story was not dramatic well it was a little dramatic um It wasn't bad at all, though. So basically, I had gone from, like, a seven to complete super fast, like, centimeters. And he was, like, down, out, ready to come out um, with no one in the room. So basically, I went through transition really, really fast. And so I was just, like i had just gotten checked like 30 minutes ago and i was at a seven so our doula went to take a break and ethan was asleep on the couch and i could feel myself pushing and so i called ethan and i was like babe i'm pushing and he was like what and he was asleep i was like could you just call someone in and have them come check again because there's no way that i i can't control this like i couldn't stop i was like there's just no way that I'm at a seven, and so they came back in, and he was right there, and they were like, oh my gosh, Brett, he's right there, and so they, like, flipped me over, and they're like, push it, push now, and then I was like, ah, and then, it, anyway, so then he came out, um, but he was really jittery when he came out, so they took him over to the little warmer, and they were trying to figure out, like, he was breathing fine, he was crying and crying and crying, and then, um, so while they're stitching me up, I I need like one stitch while they're stitching me up they're over there, like with him. And he's like jittery. And I'm like, give him to me and it'll, he'll be, he'll be fine. And they're not listening. And so I'm like, give him to me and I'll be fine. And they're like, we're just checking him out to see if he's okay. And I can hear him crying. So I'm like, well, he's breathing. Um, So I'm not worried about that um, bring him to me. And so then they, he's still jittery when they bring him over to me, put him on the boob, the jitters go away. And I was like, he just needed one to be cuddled and two, to have a little breast milk and he'll be fine. And he did. And so, like your parenting instincts like you know you know what i mean like you know which is why i, I hate giving birth in a hospital um i don't want to do it again honestly i don't know if i want kids anymore like any more kids than the ones that i have cuz like i love these guys with my whole heart but they are hard and i'm tired i'm really tired <laughs> but so um but in 5 years i might you know have recovered a little bit and be ready for another but for now two and through is my opinion um I always say like I wanted my kids close in age and when you want your kids close in age what I didn't realize is that I'm gonna sacrifice a lot of my sanity because so my mom had me and then she had my brother we're four years apart so by that time I was potty trained I could eat a snack by myself right Mia's not potty trained she can eat a snack by herself but like I was working hard while I was pregnant to get her to sleep and um is a whole struggle, but anyway, now I'm just rambling about random stuff, and I'll, I think I was saying that, like, as parents, we know what's best, sometimes even more than our providers, and so if, uh, and that goes to say, if you think there's something wrong with your kid, and they keep telling you, um, they're fine, I've heard stories where parents had to push to get their kid the care they needed, and something did end up being wrong, so our mama instincts are on point, no one knows your baby like you do, so don't ever doubt yourself, um as I'm sitting here wearing my baby trying to catch my breath but yes that's what I have to say about that so I just realized this episode's running long so that's all we have for today thanks for checking out the podcast don't forget to give us or should I say me a five-star rating on iTunes Um, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Christian Mom Uncensored, all lowercase, for all of the Christian Mom Uncensored content, for some encouragement, and always some fun. I will talk to you guys later. Have a fabulous, fabulous week.